Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You're listening to the SportsGrid Network. Let it rain! Remember the class where I taught you all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. All right, here we go. Monday, fun day here on the grid, sportsgrid.com. Time to make it rain. Joe and Ari Dane Martinez as we look to uh, put it all together from what was a crazy weekend in the world of sports. Major League Baseball playoffs, college football craziness, and of course the NFL providing even more drama and even more money for the sports books yesterday as the dogs continue to bark. They continue to roll in the NFL through five weeks of the NFL season thus far. Uh, some not generally how it happens. Usually early on in the NFL season, you'll see the dogs and the markets adjust and Maybe we overvalued some teams, maybe the market overvalued, underrated some teams, but usually by week five that it almost always levels itself out. But that is not what is happening here in the NFL as dogs and more importantly, uh, road dogs continue uh, to profit pretty well here in the NFL as some teams just... They continue to be, for whatever reason, either undervalued or overvalued in the market. It's kind of a weird dichotomy on what you got going on here. But you don't have to look any further than what the sports books yesterday, prior to kickoff, the amount of money that they were taking in on some of these games, like the Chicago Bears, where you had not only individual tickets in the six-figure range being placed at places all over New Jersey. In fact, uh, you got a lot of Raider money coming in, 200000 here, 180000 175000 just on the money line at minus 265. They ended off going up at a minus 300. But the Bears, uh, the Chiefs, yeah, these were two teams that were in just about every big money line parlay created yesterday. And it was, how do we say, um, that is exactly why sports books are in business, is for opportunities like yesterday, there was millions upon millions of dollars at stake last night with the Kansas City Chiefs not covering, just winning. They could have covered, it would have been no problem. But the fact that the Chiefs got stifled at home uh, yeah, that uh, that ended up killing an awful lot of six-figure parlays, moneyline parlays, what could have been. So if you lost yesterday or if you lost last night and you lost a couple of bucks, do not feel bad. There were millions lost on that game uh, because of the fact that either you backed the Chicago Bears, who got embarrassed, or the Kansas City Chiefs, proving once again, Dane, that, yeah, the books, it pays to be a sports book. Uh, Because they're the ones ultimately at the end of the day, (laughs) they're the ones that walk away with the cash. And we proved it again last night with that Kansas City game. Yeah, absolutely, Joe. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, degenerates of make it rain. Let's (laughs) cock-a-doodle do it for another week. And, Joe, you know, 
You're absolutely right. Even in other circles, you know, I'm in a survivor pool, okay, mm -hmm. that went from 65 people left to 21 people left because of mostly the Bears and yeah. the Chiefs. Lucky I'm still alive, okay, because mm -hmm. I got through with the Philadelphia Eagles. And also in the fantasy world, these things happen. Joe, Mike Evans, who had mm. a day of like eight catches, 190 yards, and a few touchdowns just a few weeks ago, gets squad douche, okay, mm -hmm. with, the, with the red hot buck. Buccaneers, the Buccaneers who scored 55 points last week. Mike Evans, yep. their number one wide receiver, gets nothing, okay? So, yeah, I mean, it happens every time. What I also want to put on this, though, Joe, is let's proactively tell people about recency bias, okay? Mm -hmm. Right now, what we just saw, right? Will, you know, will the Chiefs all of a sudden look like a 13-point-a-game offense? No, mm -hmm. okay? Are the Oakland Raiders all of a sudden world beaters? Probably not. Will Mike Evans never catch the ball again? <laughs> no, don't go off and be so reactionary to this stuff. Remember, this is a marathon, not a sprint. But in that marathon, a few people got banged out yesterday yeah well unless i mean there's a caveat to that unless you are of course a jet fan at which particular point yeah it's not going to get any better anytime soon and what you just witnessed yesterday in that said eagles game is uh yeah that is that is just a showcase of what is to come whether sam Darnold's in a lineup or not guys uh there are just dumpster fire comes to mind and I'm watching Cincinnati yesterday, and Cincinnati at home fought tough. Andy Dalton throws for 260 yards in the second half. They are they are close. It takes a last-second field goal for Arizona to win it. But I'm talking competitive is what we witnessed there. I have no doubt we are going to see a competitive Miami Dolphins-Washington Redskins game. Teams that are going to get fires lit under their ass because they're all fighting for jobs. The Jets... The Jets quit yesterday, and it was never more evident than when Le'Veon Bell's like, guys, we're breaking the huddle, and nobody's gone up to the line. Nobody knew what they were mm -hmm. doing. You had an off bye week, and they showed up yesterday with a quarterback that took zero snaps at all during the week with the starters uh, because Adam Gase thought it'd be best to give Sam Darnold, who wasn't playing, was never going to play, uh, they gave him the snaps with the starters instead. And what you got yesterday, I fear, is what we're going to get more of as this season continues to go on. There are guys quitting on this guy left and right right now, Dan. It's worse than I thought it was. Yeah, that is a problem. Absolutely. I guess the question would be, you know, and I, I can't get into the minds and the soul of some of these players, Joe, but you're absolutely right. The question is, do they feel differently if their starting quarterback is there? I'm not saying it makes a big difference, but what you're talking about is competitiveness, professionalism. And mm -hmm. I don't know if that would change in their heads if they think they have a shot because their first quarterback is there. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think that's an excuse, right? Mm -hmm. But they are the only team that's playing multiple games with their third string quarterback. It's supposed to look like this. But we have a poll question. And to that point today, Joe, who is the worst team in football, right? You mentioned the Bengals. You know I've always been on them as the dumpster fire picking in the top five with Ryan Finley maybe making starts. But they seem to be in the fight at 0-5. We talk mm -hmm. about Washington, who just mm -hmm. fired their coach, who will have an epic battle on Sunday with Miami, mm -hmm. who's winless as well. And then there's the Jets. That's our poll question. Who is the worst team in the NFL? We'll keep track of that throughout the show. No, I think it's the team with the worst coach, the New York Jets. Well, That's for Washington sure. Washington doesn't have a coach.
so... Yeah, well, anything's better than what Gruden has, <laughs> but we'll dive into those. We'll take a look at some of these games, some of the upsets. We'll do that coming up here as we look to make it rain. SportsGrid.com. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Monday Night Football here tonight, too, where we've got uh, yet another situation where one team big time being backed by the public, that being the Cleveland Browns as an underdog here heading to San Francisco, take on the, uh, the 49ers, the undefeated, the quietest undefeated 49ers team. Nobody talks about them. Nobody brings them up, and yet they just continue to win games. And, oh, yeah, coming off a bye week at home, taking on the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I don't know. What does FanDuel have the line at uh, on now? It opened up at three and a half. Is it still there? Yes. It's been moving, though. It has been moving. Oh, excuse me. No. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. It's been moving, like you said. The San Francisco mm. 49ers are now five-point favorites tonight. Yeah, there you go. So it's uh, it has moved in that direction, which is odd since nearly 75% of the tickets are on Cleveland being written. That's but Joe Public, that just, baby. That's it. That's Joe Public loving them trendy dogs, and that's uh, that's exactly why you need to go the other way and, uh, and look, take a look at San Francisco here tonight. We'll yeah. dive into that game a little bit, but Yesterday, and we'll start last night, Dane, uh, what we witnessed with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Indianapolis Colts was uh, a, a, and a perfect example of why people get overly crazy about teams and Patrick, and certainly teams like Patrick Mahomes and company here. There wasn't a soul on earth that didn't think Patrick Mahomes was going to light this team up that Patrick Mahomes is going to have 500 yards, that it was going to be, you know, going to be this crazy shootout, but they would no way would they be ever, ever be able to lose the game. Maybe not cover, but to lose. And then I think Indianapolis reminded us that there is absolutely no substitute for a great offensive line. And when you can win in the trenches, which is exactly, and I think we have all forgotten how good Indianapolis and that offensive line that they built here over the last couple of years who were finally healthy, they were pushing that defensive front of Kansas City around all game. Marlon Mack, 132 yards. It's very hard to score if you're Patrick Mahomes when your ass is on the sideline. The time of possession in that game was absurd. He was never, and then when he was on the field, he was a little bit hobbled, still having an issue with that ankle. It got rolled up on in the first half. But again, that is not a perfect team, Kansas City. One touchdown last night, zero last week against the Detroit Lions. I think, guys, 
We need to slow down on the whole every time Kansas City takes the field, somehow or another, they're just going to run people over. They've got issues like every other team does, only their issues are a little bit more pronounced because that defense, once again, is a liability uh, big time, including on the front line there. Um, but, yeah, they're they're getting injured everywhere. They, guys, they had five starters again last night that were dropped. Sammy Watkins got thrown out. When, you know, and all of a sudden when Mahomes is hobbled and he's not as mobile, he's not as dangerous. So there's uh, there's some issues going on in Kansas City right now that we got to keep an eye on moving forward. Yeah. And, and here's the other thing, Joe. Um, remember how last year, the second time the Chargers saw Lamar Jackson, it was yes. different and they mm-hmm. had a different way. They put like their safeties at linebacker, stuff like that. Remember that? OK, now let's not forget. It was these Kansas City Chiefs that ended the Colts season last year mm-hmm. in Kansas City in the playoffs in somewhat embarrassing fashion with this same head coach, with this same offensive line, right? And so now for the Colts, this was a game for them to show that they had made progress, right? And they already knew in the back of their mind the way to try to hang and beat this Kansas City team was to punch them in the mouth, Joe. Mm. You talk about their offensive line running Marlon Mack, the time of possession was 37 minutes to 22 minutes, all right? And then here's the other thing. You're also punching them in the mouth by hitting Patty Mahomes every possible Mm -hmm. chance. You know, they don't have Tyreek Hill. They didn't have Sammy Watkins. They lost Chris Jones, their defensive lineman, making it uh, easier to run. Eventually, it's a war of attrition, and you mentioned the offensive line. Uh, Collinsworth was all in all day long. You know, Quentin Nelson, Anthony Costanzo were going ahead and, you know, mauling on that (laughs) offensive line. And I do think that is a big key. Now, will every team be able to do this? No. No. And when Patrick and Patrick Mahomes was clearly not the same player in the second half when he was a little hobbled, but this is the blueprint, you know, Joe, with any of these kind of fast, fancy teams, punch him in the mouth. And that's what Indianapolis did last night. Yeah, and it's uh, and it's important also, it's a good reminder here now, you know, as week five comes to a close in the NFL, style makes fight, guys. It, yeah. It's not that these teams individually don't have what it takes to be able to win a Super Bowl, because a lot of these teams do. Kansas City is a great team. Nobody's saying Kansas City is going to lose eight games this year. But, uh, you know, to your point, that offensive line, teams that have big offensive fronts that can pound the ball – uh, dealing with some of these little more, you know, let's say finesse defenses finesse, sure. here right now, like the Rams who, uh, you know, for all say. the talent they have, they're not big on the defensive front. So when you we get said these the same big, exact thing about these Rams, Joe, exactly like in the week, same, the same exact thing with Seattle. Yeah, and we were Seattle's like, oh, Chicago or line. Dallas could do the similar thing. Right. Yeah. This is can't. the way. Yes. They, they you can't compete against guys that are what want to be able to, unless you're willing to sell out, but then you have to be able to trust the guys in the back, which Kansas City doesn't, and it's a problem. And kudos to, uh, you know, to Frank Wright, who had an embarrassing loss last week at home to these Raiders, who, by the way, can we all stop pretending like the Raiders are a three-win team this year? Because they are not. You know why? Big-ass offensive line front that wanted to impose their will against what's supposed to be the best defense in the league got exposed yesterday. Why? 
Josh Jacobs, the rookie, had a hundred his first hundred yard rushing game, and who did it come up against? The defense of the Chicago Bears. So I think it's important to be able to, at the end of week five after tonight, kind of take a deep breath, kind of take a step back, because what we're learning is teams aren't nearly as good as we think they are, and most teams aren't nearly as bad as we think they are either, except for, we told you about the Jets, the Redskins, we know. Miami, at least they were off. We didn't have to endure them. And I'm going to throw the Atlanta Falcons in that mix, too, who I do think Dan Quinn will be the next firing, although I think they'll wait until the uh, until they have a buy uh, because, guys, Atlanta, I don't know what to tell you. Deshaun Watson yesterday is a shining example of what happens when you give a NFL quarterback all day to throw the ball. He will destroy you, and they're not good defensively. They just have no answers sometimes on offense with all of that talent. They're always playing from behind. They force Matt Ryan into throwing 900 passes a game. It's amazing to me how far the Atlanta Falcons, given what they have on paper, but it's, I'm amazed on how far and how little they can get done in a game. You let Deshaun Watson have 10 seconds to throw the ball behind that. And by the way, everybody else can get the Deshaun Watson except the Atlanta Falcons. And he rips them for 500 yards yesterday and, and five touchdowns. I don't know what to say. Atlanta is as bad as we thought they were. So here's the thing, Joe. You know, first of all, on Sunday, did I, you know, Sunday morning we were talking. I told you about the, you know, the Deshaun Watson in the DFS lineups, right? And that's the key stat. Zero sacks. To me, mm -hmm. that is the key stat. We've been talking about Deshaun Watson and Houston as one of these teams who the offensive line is, you know, the critical linchpin, right? Because it can completely kill an offense. Well, look what happens. Look at what Deshaun Watson can do when he is not under pressure, okay? 426 yards, five touchdowns. The man went 28 of 33. There were only five incompletions. He had as many touchdown passes as incompletions. And then all of a sudden, Will Fuller, DeAndre Hopkins, even the tight end Atkins, they look good again. But the key is the offensive line. Oh, by the way, Patty Mahomes got sacked four times. That's like beautiful for him, too. Same thing. And meanwhile, he had only been sacked three times all year prior to last exactly. night. So the difference of the offensive line. A little more parity than we thought in the NFL. We'll dive into some more of these games. We'll do some contenders and pretenders. We'll do that coming up here on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, so who would like uh, a couple of risk-free wagers of up to $1,000? If you do, you can head over to pointsbet.com forward slash grid and open yourself up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Just enter the promo code GRID. 
and you'll get those two risk-free bets of up to $1,000. And in addition to traditional betting, PointsBet, they have their own betting concept where customers are rewarded by how much they win their bet by. So, for example, let's say you take the 49ers laying five tonight, but they go ahead and beat the Browns by nine. Well, then you'll receive nine times your stake. Just head over to pointsbet.com forward slash grid, enter the promo code grid, and get your two risk-free bets of up to $1,000 today. And if you have a gambling problem, you can call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. Check out the website for details. And welcome in here to Make It Rain on the Grid, sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri, Dane Martinez. As we recap what we uh, witnessed in the NFL over the weekend, it was a crazy day of uh, of a mix of both favorites and underdogs. Some crazy lines yesterday, some overvaluing, a little undervaluing. And the game yesterday, too, Dan, and I don't know if you watched it. I watched it happen live, and I honestly thought Which it one? was the end of the NFL. I thought oh that the NFL was over and that we would never, ever be able to see it again as Mason Rudolph got knocked out yeah. and lay motionless on yeah. that field to the point where they abruptly, because I can tell you the network also thought he might have been dead because they abruptly they cut away from that yep. game as player after player was coming over, shaking him, and then started to freak out when they realized he was out. And they even showed it in slow motion. And I don't know why they would have done this, but they showed it in slow motion like five times before they cut away. And then the more and more they watched it, they were like, he could be dead. Like, we've got to go ahead and, and get this, get this off the screen. And they eventually came back, and he was conscious at the very least. But then another weird thing, it morphed into now they yeah. take the helmet Let's off them, but they off. leave the helmet. Walk but they off, take the bro. mask off. Walk it off. <laughs> and, it, and they made him walk off the field. Like, and, and you're watching Scherzier's on the sideline, a guy who was almost paralyzed, by the way. They're, they're flashing to him. They're flashing. This guy's got the helmet on. He looks, I, I mean, just, it was a, just a comedy of errors there. It was good to see him awake. You knew he didn't know where the hell he was. But then they panned to them pushing the damn cart off the field because it ran out of battery. Like, what in the... And, of course, the NFL this morning releases a statement saying medical staff didn't think there was any need to put him on the cart. And uh, we had an extra cart if we needed it. There's nothing to see here. Don't make a big story out of nothing. He was perfectly fine to be able to walk off the field. The problem was he couldn't walk off the field on his own. So when do they, Dane take risks with guys that get knocked out for five minutes on the field. When do you not put him on a stretcher and on the cart and in the ambulance? Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I we really don't know. I was watching this also and went through a similar ebb and flow of emotions. Okay. Joe, like I what I have been trained to learn here is that you can tell a lot, Joe, about the, by the reaction of the other players on the field, okay? You can tell a lot because, listen, they know injuries are part of the game, but they also know that the other players are part of the fraternity, right? And they know what they're going through. And you can now almost tell 
when the other players start to turn around and wave real quick, um, that something's really wrong. And you saw on the on the replay, Rudolph was out. He was out cold before he even hit the floor. Okay, oh. and then you know they're like they're doing procedures like cutting the face mask off of yes. him. So you're like, yep. okay, this is serious, right? And then you got him. It's like I'm taking one of my boys out the bar who's had too many. Like he was like stumbling around, and I'm carrying. I'm like, wait a second. What about player safety? There's no way like you you went from trying to stabilize his head and neck to just having two guys carry him down the sidelines. And I was like, wait a second. It was absolutely yep. crazy. The NFL cannot claim that they care about player safety when on some level they they literally risked Mason Rudolph's, you know, who knows what this he literally has on tape a case of medical malpractice if he wants it. It's on tape. <laughs> It didn't make any sense. It just didn't. Even the even the guys calling the game are like, "Well, that's good to see." I think. Like, why? Why is he walking off the field? Like, why is it? Why are they trying? And you could just see, like, his eyes were just all oh, over yeah. the place. He didn't know where he was. Uh, and it was funny. Earl Thomas uh, talked about the hit after the game as well. This is what he had to say. Yeah, I, I didn't think much of it. Once I was just getting to the ball, trying to you know make a play for my team. I hit the strike strike zone like we talked about. I didn't go high. Uh, I didn't try to intentionally hurt him. I'm I'm, I'm worried about him. I heard he's at the hospital. Uh, my prayers go out to him and his family. Yeah, he did. Uh, by the way, get released. He's just in the concussion protocol. So knock on wood, everything is okay so far with Mason Rudolph outside of the concussion. But you know, to Earl Thomas's point, I didn't think the hit. Was that crazy? Uh, I, you know what I mean? He, he kind of got a little sandwiched, but it wasn't like he went headhunting. Like he just, you know, he hit him in the sh right here in the shoulder. And the force of that hit was enough to knock him. He didn't even hit him in the chin. Like it would have been one thing, you know, you take a punch into the chin and then good night. But that hit did not look as crazy as it was. But he went limp, we man. I mean, he was, he was done. Yeah. Who are we to say, though, you know, like the hit can catch you in the right spot, you know, hit a nerve. You have no idea, which is why they should let the medical professionals assess it. You know what I mean? You're right. It didn't look like any kind of dramatic shot on par with what we see. But, you know, who knows when people people go down with non-contact injuries, right? Obviously, the head and the back and the neck are different things. But and here's the thing I'm going to say, though, Joe, and I mentioned it a couple weeks ago. Remember in that Green Bay Philly game where yeah. we had multiple people stretchered off? We had that again, you know, not maybe in the same game, but over the course of the week, games are getting mm -hmm. paused because the stretchers coming out. These guys are hit. Maybe it's because the NFL is in most cases outside of Mason Rudolph trying to take it serious and be caution and yep. go slow with this. But Joe, the casual fan, you know, the, the, the soccer mom who's watching this around the table with the family making, making nachos and dip and stuff has to start seeing this and is like, you know what? I ain't letting my kid play this. I ain't letting mm -hmm. my kid play this game. Are you kidding me? Like, it's I don't know. Am I crazy or is it happening more and more? I don't think we see a game now anymore that doesn't legitimately get paused for the stretcher and doesn't go to commercial break with the, like, solemn music going out. Like, it, it just – it's happening more and more, Joe. Just the weirdest scene. And then to have them walk off and watch guys like six more guys actually pushed the cart off the field than actually him. helped him off the off the field as he had no idea who he was or what was going on. Just a bad look all the way around for the NFL as as usual.
and then for them to try to bury it like I nothing to see here, guys. He was good to go. Medical medical staff said he was he was fine. It's no problem. They, he just laid unconscious. Everyone thought he was dead for eight minutes. But you know what? He's fine. Yeah. And they could have took the damn helmet off him. He looked like, you know, it's like, 1930s. come on, dude. <laughs> Like, All they on. needed was those old Pittsburgh Steelers uniforms, the Bumblebee ones. Yeah, thank and you very really much. could have been a poster yes. child. Thank you very much. But I will say this, though. I give the kid credit that came in, uh, Devlin Hodges, the quarterback, sure. the undrafted quarterback from Sanford, sure. who people didn't even realize was on this team. Uh, and why would you? Uh, but that kid, he came in and just he did exactly what you would expect a backup quarterback did. He came in fearless. He was swinging the ball around, and oh yeah, if it wasn't for Juju Smith-Schuster fumbling the ball uh, in overtime, they were driving once again. They had the opportunity to be able to win that. So uh, it's just an unfortunate, sloppy. It was we're a sloppy game on both sides. But Is he come the answer on. for Pittsburgh next Sunday? Because I mean, he's got to have a concussion, Rudolph, right? No, he's got. Yeah, no, he's going to be in a concussion protocol for a little while. So anyway, they're but Sunday night. They are Sunday night next week against the Chargers. And the Chargers now, after they, you know, after they lose another one to Denver, like you talked about, Joe, I was on the wrong side of that one. But like you talked about now, the Chargers are a desperate squad also because, yes, yep. they lost. But with the Chiefs loss and, you know, Oakland winning, they're still within shot. They're like one game back. They're still there. Yep. The Chiefs don't look invincible. That's a huge game. And it's going to be, what, Hodges going for it on the road against the Chargers? Or do you think they bring in, you know, do you think they just kind of bring in one of these names we know that the Jets were trying out, like the Brock Osweilers of the world, to hold the fort? Or you think they go Hodges? Listen, Kudos to there was nothing he did. To me, he earned he showed in that situation at that moment, having to be thrust into that game the way he was, and put them in a position to be able to win. It wasn't his fault that they lost. He's earned the right to be able to to start that game. They've got to bring somebody in. I don't know. You know, once again, I'm sure Colin Kaepernick's name will come up and we'll have that discussed because they'll probably sign anybody but him. But you know, Jalen Samples. Uh, Jalen Samuels, rather, throws an interception out of the wild card, uh, the, the right. wildcat. Juju fumbles the ball. Like, when you are dealing with backup quarterbacks already, it's pretty damn important that the rest of the team step up. They can't stop the run, which is not good news when you're going up against the, uh, you know, this isn't going to be the Denver Broncos defense. Melvin Gordon and company should be able to run on the Pittsburgh Steelers because Lord knows everybody else does. Uh they they have to tighten it up going on over there. They're one and four. Listen, they lose. I don't care who the quarterback is. You know, they're looking at their first losing season here, Dane, and I can't remember how long. Certainly in, in Tomlin's era, they at least finished eight and eight or better. They, uh, they might not win five games at this particular point. They're just sloppy on both sides of the ball. And, you know, lucky for them that the game lasted as long as it did because, yeah, Baltimore is pretty damn sloppy too as well. And I think we ought to slow down the whole Lamar Jackson MVP talk, too, guys. Can we can we slow that down? It's fair enough. Time after time. But with Pittsburgh at one and five, that really puts into question, will Tomlin be there next year? And if that puts uh, Tomlin to. in question, if you're Big Ben, why do you want to come back for a new coach yep. when maybe they're turning the page anyway? Yep. I think it's a big and, issue with Pittsburgh. And then it comes down to who do you like more, Cleveland or Baltimore at this point? Because they both have deficiencies. We'll talk about that, that coming up. DailyRoto.com. 
Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Cleveland Browns going to be taking on the uh, the San Francisco 49ers tonight in Monday Night Football. Welcome in here. Make it rain on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri. He is Dane Martinez. And uh, now all of a sudden we've got a it's a two horse race. And uh, whether Steeler fans want to come to the reality or not, it's a it's a two horse race in the AFC North, a division which has always been. Cincinnati, for all its faults, has always at least been there in the conversation. And it was always a three. Now, forget it. Pittsburgh's out. Cincinnati's out. Baltimore is not without their faults, guys. Uh, while it was a good rushing game, Pittsburgh Steelers can't stop the run. They can't get a stop when they needed to. But if Lamar Jackson is going to take that next step, and keep in mind, he's only a sophomore, just like Baker and everyone else. But if he's going to take that next step, he's got to be a more, he's got to be a better passer. Uh, you know, your legs are only going to get you so far, Dane, before you get crushed in this league. He's got to be able to push the ball down the field. And they lit up Pittsburgh on the ground yesterday. But if you ask me right now, who do I like better, Ravens or Cleveland? I like Cleveland better because I think their offense is more capable or at least more dynamic I feel and I fear that Lamar is going to start to become a little more reliant on his legs, a little bit more one-dimensional, and it's okay as long as you can have success running the ball. But at some point, Dane, you and I both notice, you're going to have to air the ball out, especially in November and December. And I don't know that I trust him just yet, Lamar, to be able to make that uh, that game-winning drive where you can't hand it off. You're going to have to throw it down. And I just don't see it from him yet at this point with this team. Yeah, that's interesting. I see it the other way, Joe. I'll lean towards Baltimore here. And it's sort of what we were talking about, for me at least, what we were talking about up at the top of the show. You know, the idea of how style makes fight and how you're going to have to win some in the trenches. Now, I know this Baltimore defense has not looked as good in the last few weeks as it did in the first couple when they were playing teams like the Miami Dolphins. I'll give you that. But at the same time, I'm clo- I feel like the Baltimore Ravens are closer to their identity. They know what they want to do. They have that, and I think they have the better coaching. you got to believe that John Harbaugh is a better coach than first-year guy Freddie Kitchens. So when, when you know, adversity hits, I'll trust Harbaugh and the Ravens over Cleveland and Freddie Kitchens. And I just don't think that they have their identity settled just yet. Yes, they are a more dynamic offense, but that offensive line still giving a pressure on Baker May. Field, and I just think that Baltimore at least knows what they want to do. The question is, um, 
can they do it? And Lamar will get better over time. Remember, two weeks ago, we were talking about Lamar as an MVP candidate. All right. So, yes, he's had some, uh, you know, he's had some less impressive games, shall we say. But from a fantasy standpoint, he's still doing it because of his 70 yards on the ground. That always will help out. I just think the Baltimore Ravens know who they want to be, are more comfortable in their own skin. So I'll still lean Baltimore in the AFC North. Yeah, but if you can't pass more than 50%, if you can't complete more than 50% of your passes, you ain't winning anything in the NFL. I mean, congratulations. You can, you know, you can be the best of the AFC North, which is filled with crap. Uh, I don't trust them to be able to throw the ball down the field, which they're going to have to do. If you gave me Baltimore, we already listen, we already watched what Cleveland can do. And the minute Baltimore had to play from behind, which is not what they are built to do. Look at what happened there. He got exposed as a passer in the NFL, while Baker, on the other hand, can push the ball down the field. He's got better weapons. He's got a better – you know, there's so many other things that Cleveland can do dynamically from an offensive standpoint that I have a feeling that if Baltimore does not play from the lead, yeah, um, and they can't run the ball, what's going to happen? You trust Lamar Jackson to be able to, what, throw the ball 30, 35 times a game? I don't trust him to throw the ball 35 times a game, but I don't think that's what they're going to have to do. Like you're talking about when they get forced out of it, any team, you know, when they get forced out of it, talk about these other teams we were mentioning that likes to play this way. You know, we mm-hmm. just talked, you talked about, you know, to me, Baker and the Browns are similar to the Rams, similar to the Chiefs in this, this sexy kind of dynamic offense. We just at the top of the show just said style makes fight. Baltimore is one of those type of style teams like a Dallas, a Seattle, you know, maybe maybe even Indy now that wants to – Buffalo maybe that wants to play a different way. So I just – I'm okay with that style, and I think they just have to keep on sharpening that style. They're never going to be – they're never going to ask Lamar. Jackson to throw the ball 35 times. You know, it's similar to what we saw even out of, say, Minnesota, who just has high-priced options, but they want to run. Style makes fight, and I'm comfortable with the Ravens playing that style. Uh, Listen, you're comfortable. If you're a Ravens fan and you're comfortable with nine wins a year and getting bounced out or maybe not making the playoffs, then by all means, go with style. But in the NFL, in a passing league, how in the hell are you going to be Patrick Mahomes and company or Tom Brady or anybody else that can throw the rock around the field by a guy that complete 50% of the passes? It's always been the They've fear with it. Lamar. It's always been the fear with Lamar that, yes, he's got, he's got a good head on his shoulder. He's a good kid. He can run. Uh, congratulations. You can rack up fantasy points. You ain't winning in January if you can't complete more than 50% of your passes. And that's what they've got to figure out at some point in the game how to get him to be a more prolific passer. Otherwise, congratulations, your nine wins. You ain't beating the upper echelon, especially of the AFC, that all they do is can throw the ball around the field. But you mentioned I Minnesota. I mean, Baltimore is that kind of team that does. They are the kind of team you want against Kansas City. You want against New England. It like when, we, when you talk about it yourself, Joe, but once we get into the playoffs, we always say, oh, it's a different game. It's cold outside. Pack your defense and your running game. So I don't know, Joe. I, I, I think I disagree. I think these So are you think Baltimore kind of is going to run on the New England defense this year? Like, it might run on Kansas City's defense, but what happens when you can't run and New England's defense stuffs to run? What happens then? Now, you've, now you're forced Lamar into a situation where he's going to have to throw the ball, and right now he can't. That's the bottom line. It's no even arguing about it. He can't throw the ball on a consistent enough level with enough accuracy 
to make them dangerous against the teams in January that they're going to be facing. You know, it's one thing what to me, I don't even think Kansas City is going to be there because unless Kansas City scores 60 points a game, who is that defense stopping? This was the problem with them last year, and it's the same damn problem with them this year. Only I think the defense on many aspects is worse this year than they were last year, if that's even possible. I don't know if it's scheme, if it's Spagnola, but that's secondary, and now that front how is if Mahomes is not able to throw up and put a when a forty burger up there? How in the hell is Kansas City going to beat people? I I you can't without a defense or at least an assembly of a defense that can stop people. I, I just I don't know, and I'm I, not convinced that offense is nearly as good as it was last year too. Just look at Detroit. He's had one touchdown in two weeks now. One Detroit shut I, him out, and he had one last night, and he got sacked four times. So you got offensive line issues. I, I don't know about yeah. this Kansas City team. I really don't in the AFC. But that's exactly my point, Joe, because we started this talking about Baltimore, right? Mm-hmm. That's exactly my point. Style makes fight. And so you're talking about up against Kansas City and now all the reasons why Kansas City may succumb to that exact style. Like, I mean, obviously, Joe, in, in essence, what we're talking about is New England, right? That's what we're talking about is New England. Outside of New England, you just said it. Oh, Kansas City, I don't know if they're going to be there. Baltimore would be trying to do the same exact thing we just saw Indianapolis do. I think it's to your previous point, Joe. Style makes fight. And Baltimore, like I guess Indianapolis and maybe one other team, maybe Buffalo or something like that, are the types of teams that are going to have this other style. I'm com- That's why I'm comfortable with Baltimore, Joe. I agree agree with you style makes fight and of course new england is like you know a generational case but this is the formula and i'm comfortable with baltimore well the formula for buffalo appears to be have a lights out defense and hope and pray that you can put enough offense together to be able to score enough points but that too is going to be an issue moving forward because it's okay when you take on the tennessee titans but the competition is going to get a little stiffer as the season moves along, but they did exactly what we expected them to do. They, the offense looks rough. The offense always looks rough. Doesn't make a difference who the quarterback is, but again, that defense is so good and does enough to be able to support the offense to give them a chance to go in on the road. Huge win by Buffalo yesterday. Can't say enough good things about how well that team is coached, how good that defense is. Buffalo is now a player in the AFC East and New England. If anybody's going to give him a shot, Buffalo is going to be able to do it. But again, Buffalo's got to go to, you know, Foxborough. And we got to see how they can be in Foxborough before that's going to be really the best litmus test. When do they play New England again? Is it towards the end of the year? Because I think they actually play them in a couple of weeks. And it's in Foxborough. I'll check on the schedule. And I do think that's going to be the litmus test. Can they win on the road in Foxborough, a place that, well, they, they haven't beat the Patriots at all, but it's usually gotten very ugly in Foxborough with the uh, with the Buffalo Bills. But that, it's not on talk week about 16, Joe. Week 16. 16. All right. So that could be for all they the got marbles. Time. <laughs> that could yep. be for all the marbles the at thing, the end Joe- of the season. You know, you talk about like the style. I'm going back to style makes fight, right? And Buffalo, right. listen. 
They hung with New England, okay? They mm-hmm. covered the spread. It was a special team score that was the working margin. I'm going to tell you, come week 16, if Buffalo's yep. fully healthy, they're going to go into Foxborough at least with no fear. I'll tell you that. They know that they belong on the same field with them, and maybe yep. New England will be 14-1 and one at that point in time or something like that. I don't care. Buffalo now, again, Joe, for me, it's style makes fight. You got two kinds of teams in the NFL. You got these finesse, high-flying teams, and then you got the teams that want to win by punching you in the mouth and the style is going to make the fight and Buffalo has proven that they can hang on the same field with every team in the National Football League even the standard bearer Patriots there that win yesterday was much more impressive from the standpoint that it was on the road against a team that yeah you had a big battle with them last year that you lost 13 to 12 very similar type of game here Uh, And they keep proving time and time again. I think Josh Allen continues to get better and better while it's not pretty and it's downright ugly. A lot of times the kids somehow the problem I have with Josh Allen is he continues to play two and a half quarters. You know what I mean? He's almost getting to three quarters, but there are moments during those games with him where you you scratch your head, go, what the hell was that? Like, where are you throwing the ball? Like, what are you doing? So. He has, and credit that coaching staff, and I can't say enough good things about what they're doing there in Buffalo. They're putting him in a position to be successful. The defense is masking some of the inefficiencies they have on offense, but that offense is real. They got a little banged up in this game. Uh, A couple of the offensive linemen went down, which is worth monitoring moving forward. But Nashville's not an easy place to go and to play. Mike Vrabel is a damn good coach. Tennessee's a very well-coached team. And, oh, yeah, that Tennessee defense ain't no joke either. To walk away with that win yesterday, to be 4-1, and one, I think was absolutely huge for the Buffalo Bills and their chances of not only making the playoffs, but who the hell knows, possibly even walking away with the AFC East title, if, they, if we could even dream of that. Well, they would have to win against New England next time yeah. around, and they'd have to get some luck. But listen, this is what we are seeing. We are seeing that there are multiple ways to skin a cat, Joe, right? And that's what this team is doing, and you have to start to respect them. Their model travels. Mm-hmm. They know what they want to do. We talk yep. about identity of a team a lot of times, Joe, and Buffalo knows how they want to play. I will say this, though, unfortunately – this is the first time Cole Beasley didn't hit that receptions prop. Yeah, I know. That I know yeah, that was – well, I mean, that defense is no joke either, man. Yeah, they are They are pretty good too. And uh, I got to t- – t- yeah, well, they got some other issues going on. Marcus Mariota got crushed again like we thought he would. That offensive line is in shambles. Yeah, they got some issues going on in Tennessee. But they don't have any issues going on in Baltimore. You just keep winning games. And you can challenge New England. Hopefully, Buffalo Bills, AFC's champs. Oh, God, I just threw up on my mouth. Data DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.
So it was a uh, back to reality for uh, Danny Dimes and company there of the uh, New York Giants. But I will say this, they it wasn't that they played bad. They did not. They just didn't have the more talented team on the field. That was it. They, they lack on defense. Once Wayne Gallman went down, it was the running back position is as thin as it gets. It's uh, it's just unfortunate that they don't have a lot of the pieces they should have, including Saquon Barkley. That game might have uh, been a little bit closer had they had a running game that they could actually threaten with. But uh, the thing that impressed me the most, even at a loss yesterday with Danny Dimes, is he got hit. He got hit. He got sacked, but he got hit. Every time he threw that ball, he was getting hit. You know what? He got up, delivered the ball again. He was... uh, it's certainly the toughest opponent that he has faced thus far. And although they didn't win it, they didn't win it because he was overmatched. They didn't win it because they don't have enough talent on the on that side of the ball or on the defense. But uh, impressive showing for a guy that uh, his third game going up against Minnesota. What can you say? Yeah. He certainly looks the part here, guys. Oh, absolutely. Giants fans still have to be happy. I mean, like we were talking about all week, this is a different step in class for the defenses they would face. And Minnesota came in not only with their defense against Danny Dimes, but their passing game as well. All that talk we heard about the Minnesota passing game. Cousins goes 22 of 27, 306 yards and two touchdowns. I told you about the bounce back and getting Thielen in your lineups, and that definitely came to fruition. Big day. And I had a Thielen. But in any case, Joe, I do want to also tell you, um, I know we only got a minute, so I wanted to read this tweet that I just got from 210 Soul. Joe, he goes, spitting speeds, great take this morning on Fantasy Radio. My nine-year-old wants to play football so bad. We were watching the Steelers game last night after the Mason Rudolph hit. His mama said, no way are you playing football. We are all watching this. I think it's true, Joe. Um, We got players walking away. We got stretchers in games at least once a game. This is an issue the NFL has to acknowledge and figure out, or else this is going to go a niche sport like the way of boxing. Yeah, and for every one of those tweets, there's 20 that go, we don't really care. My son's playing football because that's I what we you. do. Have you been, have you been like to Texas lately? Have sounds you been like to a poll to me. I yeah, hear you. They don't care. They don't care. Football is ingrained. For every kid that won't play because mom won't sign a permission slip, there's 20 others that will. It ain't going anywhere. I wonder anywhere. if that's the case 20 years from now. <laughs>